Welcome to Boiling Point. What can we learn from looking at poopy parasites? That is, parasites that live in poop of wildlife. How did they get there? Where will they go? Our ASPRO will know. Welcome to Boiling Point, your weekly science show. My name is Anastasia, and today I am joined by Caitlin Creek, who is one of our new recruits for Boiling Point. And we are joined in the studio today with Associate Professor Michelle Power, or as I introduced her, Aspro M. Power. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing, you. Michelle? I'm doing well. It's good to see that that comedy routine is carrying on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So, um, you know, Michelle isn't just a, you know, PhD doctor, professor, associate professor, but also comedian. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, you, you work in poop, uh, poop, comedy. Uh, like, come on, the, the jokes write themselves. They do, they do. You've got to craft them a little bit, though. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it, it looks like it comes easy to you. I saw you talking with David. <laughs> I'm not so sure, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then if it wasn't comedy that got you into poop, uh, what was it that got you into poop? Oh, that's a good question. Um, look, I guess... We're, we're Do you just really like going to the toilet? Talk- <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it's a waste of time going to the toilet. I agree. <laughs> Same as showering and sleeping. I think it's like, come on. I wish there was like, you know, a button we could press and damn, we're showered. You know, like the Sims. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'd probably kind of miss a shower and sleeping, though. Yes, I I, I really like it. I just wish they weren't super necessary. You know, I wish I could do it in like my own spare time when I want to, not when I have to. When you have to, true. True. But yeah, what True. got you into poop? So it's a it's a really good question. I don't. So when I was young, I guess if I reflect back to to my childhood, I always wanted to be a vet, oh. and I didn't actually go that pathway first. I went into um, went into Caitlin signalling to me that she would have. I also been have the exact same pathway in that I also wanted to do vet. You also really like pooping. Okay, we get in it. In general, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two peas in a pod here. <laughs> Two peas in a toilet bowl. Poor I don't know. I'll, I'll stop with the poop jokes. I'm really sorry. <laughs> the, Michelle's the comedian here. Let's face it. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so what was I saying? Yeah, so I was wanted to be a vet, uh, but I actually took a more creative pathway at first in sound engineering and lighting. Really? Um, yeah. And oh, my gosh. So you're judging all of my sound quality. No, right now, I was more, more on the lighting staging side. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. Awesome. How's the lamps here? Yeah, the lamps, well, they're not on. So yeah. they were on. <laughs> we've just got a nice fluoro light shining out there. A bit of, bit of like, what is it, cellophane over it. It'd give us a bit of color. Oh, yeah, oh, true. Oh, next time. Yeah. We'll make it Christmas colors for Christmas in July. Christmas in July. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so just an interest in wildlife and I get, uh, d- sorry, interested in d- disease. Mm. And then somehow I just found a pathway to it. I'm not quite sure what made me get here. Yeah, so you started in disease, and I guess parasites would all cause disease? Well, actually, maybe take a step back. I actually, my introduction to parasites was actually at CSIRO, and it was on sheep parasites. Oh, um, what did you look at there? Well, they, the, the parasites were called, they've got a new name now, but back then they were called Ostatagia. 
Homunculus. They seem so fancy. They do. Homunculus contortus. So it's like you can have it on a charcuterie board, and you're like, yes, I'm eating the ostatagia. I forgot what you already <laughs> said. I'm sorry. Ostatagia. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, I will have the ostatagia with my red wine. It just sounds so fancy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's teledorsagia now. I'm not sure. I, oh. I, I really got away from <laughs> sheep worms very, or sheep parasites very quickly because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really want to work on sheep either. Fair. So, you know, I, I don't know. And I guess, you know, working on... So I, I don't just work on parasites. So mm-hmm. like you work worms on worms or protozoa. <laughs> I work on well, I work on the poo because those organisms are excreted in the poo. Mm-hmm. So bacteria as well. So are you? Is it just exclusive in poop, or do you look for the worms in other places? Because like last a few weeks ago, we learned about parasites that live in the lungs. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So do you just do? poop specific parasites no maybe maybe we should do a little bit of a biology lesson let's first. do it okay. yes. let's do a parasite 101 before. okay let's totally yeah i so, have know nothing yeah. about parasites so, so we've got single-celled parasites or protozoa mm-hmm. um and they can be located in the blood or in the gut or in mm-hmm. intestinal tract and many other places as well okay um so i work on protozoa in the circulatory system so in the blood mm-hmm. um and also in the feces or in the gut okay. which are passed in the feces so how does it get from blood to feces? No, no, no. It's a oh. different species. Oh, it's so, different so, ones. So, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So the okay. ones I work on. So, so I work on malarial parasites, trypanosomes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so they're in the blood and they circulate in the blood. Yes. And then I work on a couple that people may have heard of, Cryptosporidium and Giardia. And so they're in the gut, mm-hmm. uh, and so their infectious stages are excreted in in the feces, mm-hmm. and so that's why we use the feces. And when you're studying parasites, like they live inside the host or in an organism, yeah, and you can't actually get to them without taking an accessible sample, unless right. you actually physically do some sort of surgery if we're talking about people and it's a severe kind of infection like mm-hmm. you might get with tapeworm or an obstruction mm-hmm. um but y- you can't go around chopping wildlife up basically oh, yeah. no no yeah so, yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so and all parasites need to get from one host to the next mm-hmm. and carry on that life cycle okay. so some do it in vectors like the malarial parasites or plasmodium will um be transmitted between hosts using mosquitoes mm-hmm. um, and then others have direct life cycles such as cryptosporidium and giardia so they have these really tough infective stages that are excreted into the environment mm-hmm. and then I did actually listen to the um, cane toad uh, podcast oh. and, and yes and so so their the life nematode cycle was one, right? the nematode yeah. one yeah. so that life cycle was a, a little bit more complex than the ones that I oh. work on okay yeah. so you study them in in wildlife poop, mm-hmm. right? But they can occur in humans. So, is it like different species in different animals? Yeah, yes, oh, pretty okay. much. Well, yes and no. So, mm-hmm. so some that I work on in wildlife are what we would term host specific. So, those species are only found in wildlife mm-hmm. or a wildlife species that we're looking at. And as an example, one of the Cryptosporidium species mm-hmm. is only found pretty much in a range of marsupial species. Okay, um, and yep. they can't be like. Oh, so what are the different vectors that they're typically passed on through? So this particular one that I'm talking about is a direct life cycle. Mm-hmm. So it's passed in the poo and then it'll be in the environment. And, you know, if we talk about a kangaroo, let's say. So a kangaroo has Cryptosporidium fayeri, which is the species specific to marsupials, mm-hmm. hanging in their gut. Mm-hmm. They produce these infective stages passed in the feces and then they're kind of in the environment and mm-hmm. so when another kangaroo comes along and grazes they ingest that particular parasite stage oh so, so there are yeah. there are some marsupials that uh, what's it called um whether their offspring will eat 
the mother's poo mm-hmm. um, and that's usually is that in order to gain some of the microbiota is yeah. there a risk then of them then contracting something nasty like mm. a parasite yeah yeah so so in that in that Yes, so if they've got a parasite that's transmitted directly, such as cryptosporidium, yes, that could mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Other parasites, another common protozoan parasite, and we're throwing a lot of, you know... Latin Latin names, out yeah. there in general. <laughs> but another one, Imeria, actually needs to be in the... Oh, and Toxoplasmus, and people might have heard of that <gasps> yes, one. Yes, yes, the Toxoplasmus is the cat one, the right? Cat one. The one that makes you really like cats that I definitely think I have, because really? I love cats. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have that, yeah. I love cats so much, so I'm pretty sure I've got toxoplasmus. <laughs> but it's a brain parasite, so look, I'm not going to brag about it. <laughs> I think the easiest thing to say is there's, you know, thousands and thousands of parasites, mm-hmm. and they all have very, they have similar life cycle strategies when mm-hmm. they're evolutionary related, but they have very different and sometimes very complex life cycles. So it's a little bit hard to generalize about one or the other, other than saying they're direct. Mm-hmm. There's an intermediate host or they're vector-borne. And then okay. depending on the species, they will mm-hmm. kind of take one of those pathways to get around. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is it that you study? Of those? Do you study the parasites themselves or how they affect the host? What, what kind of mm-hmm. questions do you? Yeah, it's a little bit hard to answer that question in 20 minutes because we do so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one thing... Come on, three-minute yeah. thesis. You can do this. <laughs> yeah. So one thing we do is we, we think about uh, the evolutionary relationships of those parasites Sites. So with just try host. with the host mm. of, or, or, and, and with each other. So oh. how have they evolved? How do they relate to, you know, so a parasite genus such as Cryptosporidium mm-hmm. has got kind of like 50 different, un, I don't want to use the term species because some have been recently discovered and aren't yet kind of described oh, yeah, as a species. Kind of like on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's about 50 different types of Cryptosporidium mm-hmm. um, potential species. Does it have a common name? Cryptosporidium? No. Oh, no. Darn it. No, there isn't a common name. You can call it Bitcoin because it's crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the maybe. Bitcoin crypto currency. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and... Yeah, so there's a lot of species of yeah, it. Yeah, so a lot or of species. Individual. And I've forgotten what the question was. Uh, what is it that you study with? Oh, them? what is yeah. it that I study? <laughs> yeah, so just understanding the evolutionary relationships between parasites within that genus that are host-specific mm-hmm. relative to... The, to others, and this is going back to a question that you asked before, there are others that have a broad spectrum. And so essentially uh, one type that's found in humans, Cryptosporidium parvum, is also common in livestock and domestic animals. Mm-hmm. Not so common in marsupials. And so it, they're zoonoses, and so those parasites yeah. can be trans... If you come in contact with cow shit, mm-hmm. cow poo, <laughs> cow feces, um, um, and they have that parasite and you somehow are exposed to that particular mm-hmm. parasite, you can get that parasite from a cow. Yes, so zoonosis means transferred to different like a different species, right? Trans transmitted from, and I also hate using the term animal to human because humans are Our animals. animals. Yeah, but but the definition is transmitted from animals to humans, basically. I see. And okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do a little bit in the, the space where we call reverse zoonoses. So what are humans carrying that are being spread to wildlife? Oh. And thinking about invasion and and dissemination of you know antimicrobial resistant organisms are a good example there. Yeah. Um, but when it, when we come to parasites, one way, yes, trying to understand the diversity, evolution, kind of host specificity. Mm-hmm. But then we're also interested in co-infection and how... What does the, that mean? Yep. Yeah, so how the presence of one parasite might impact 
another disease-causing agent or the dynamics of that. So you can have impacts. So a parasite infection can alter um, the types of immune um, components that are being expressed. It might okay. upregulate some or downregulate, yeah. and that in turn may have a flow-on an effect Could on you another organism. Give an example of, of maybe what your parasite does, or maybe what like a common parasite like malaria. So that's what do. we're tr- that's what we're trying to understand if there are oh, interactions. Okay, I so, yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to get a spoiler, you know, in, no, into your no, research. No. <laughs> the, the, the complex thing. So so we're really we're really interested in this in bats, and because mm. bats carry so many different viruses that are. Yeah highly pathogenic for humans Mm -hmm. um but the problem with wildlife is we we don't you know we've only got a little little piece of the picture of parasites in wildlife and when we started working on bats there were kind of six publications recent publications of protozoan parasites Mm -hmm. in bats Mm -hmm. so in australia yeah not yet um so you know we've got to understand what parasites are there before Mm -hmm. we can get to those complex questions and we've now just gotten to that point where we've really got a quite a good handle on the types of gut parasites that bats have and also the bloodborne parasites and so now we're trying Mm -hmm. to make connections between uh their microbiome their microbiome Mm -hmm. or their microbial community and other organisms or viruses that might be happening so you Mm -hmm. know does this parasite is this the presence of this parasite associated with shedding of this particular virus or do you see oh i see so is it correlations that you're looking for yeah yeah Yeah. okay Mm -hmm. and what does your field work look like like are you ever afraid of zoonosis especially working (laughs) with bats right they do tend to carry a a lot of viruses um uh, yeah are you first of all what does your field work look like are you in like a hazmat suit (laughs) no we don't have bats in a hazmat suit well not here in australia because we don't want to scare everyone but we do take we do take precautions we're, mm-hmm. we're obviously got safety glasses on yeah. and you know we'll out of wear mm-hmm. um make sure that we're not you know kind of washing our hands yeah. all the things people should have been doing in covid yeah. with a little bit more it, it's so you're saying a zombie apocalypse will not be started from your lab no okay no definitely <laughs> yeah. not i think we're okay so. <laughs> but however if it does happen i'm blaming the power lab <laughs> no, no, no 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 we don't work yes <laughs> with, with the zombie virus okay yeah <laughs> it's top secret we get it <laughs> we won't be contaminating oh, i'm the safety queen i get certificates yeah. really being like the, the best safety person in my department oh that's for fantastic. a couple of years running yeah oh well yeah. that's i mean you have to be right because you're working with something so so delicate right with a parasite that can infect yeah, a human yeah. so of so. course you'd want to take all of your precautions so then i mean as a woman in science i'd probably prefer a research award over being safety queen yes you know. of course yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> but for your um for your field work do yep. you kind of just look for for poop or do you get it from the animal like do you like put a little diaper on the animal yeah, to get okay. the poop yeah. or yeah. Yep. you know do yep. you take its blood like mm-hmm. how is it that also, you really there a special it? name for bat poo what is it called oh, guano? guano yeah there you go yeah guano. <laughs> that's what i was yes. thinking of <laughs> yeah how do you collect it yeah so um most of the time these days we're actually catching the animals that mm-hmm. we're working on so um we what we to minimise the impact to the wildlife species, we'll work with conservation agencies that might be out there monitoring species. So we did some work with Phillip Island Nature Parks and when they were out um, checking nests and things, we'd grab a sample then. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned some other species with the bats. We we catch them. We actually, anethi- I can never say this word, anaesthetise them at, uh, yep, 
Uh, yeah. And then we take blood anesthesia. I can say that one. Yeah. Then we take blood um, and and a rectal swab to get our sample there. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So so occasionally we do. Um, so we had a big citizen science project where we had called Scooper Poop, Ooh. and we actually had um, school kids just collecting possum scats from their backyard for us. Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Do they yeah. just like mail it to you after? Or just yeah. Drop oh, it off at the we lab? went. We did we went did some outreach via schools and gave them kits and. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Oh, that's a really great way to get children involved in research. Yeah. So then what is it that you do with the poop after? So now you just have a lot of poop. Yeah, Can okay. you see the parasites? Or? It, again, yes. It, mm-hmm. Usually you have to treat or do something to the poo. So if we were looking for, say, nematode eggs, we mm-hmm. can put them in a high salt solution and they actually just float to the top. Oh. And then you can take a sample off and look under the microscope. Mm-hmm. Um, they're quite big. You can see them with a macroscope. So mm-hmm. you don't usually see the, the eggs or the, the infectious stages with the naked eye mm-hmm. like you can with the actual, say, nematodes. Yeah. Um, the So the protozoan parasites, we usually have to do some sort of like fancy stuff where we can capture them with little metal, little magnetic beads. And then oh. we put an antibody on the outside and that, mm-hmm. that kind of binds to the parasite stage. And then you can remove the fecal debris. Oh. And then you can kind of examine that down a microscope. But usually you need to use some sort of stain because they're quite transparent. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so what do you do with them after? Do you look at their behavior? Do I guess you sequence them for their genome? Yeah. So we tend to, one, we tend to work out, you know, how we won't just sample one animal. Of we'll course, work out yeah. what the proportion of the population is mm-hmm. that we're looking at. We might look at that over time or certain periods of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is about working out how many parasites are in the host or just doing a, a kind of rough count and trying to Correlate, oh. correlating how many, you know, if there's 200 um, infectious stages in the eggs or if there's 20, uh, in the feces or if there's 20,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you estimate, do you count all 20,000? No, you, you yeah. can, there's the little chambers and things. Oh, okay, you can, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of, and di- you dilute it down and then kind of mm, work backwards. Okay, yeah, I see. Yeah. Um, and then we'll extract the DNA. Um, from we'll the do, parasite. From well, we can actually extract it now. We don't have to extract the parasite these days. We can do a DNA extraction on the fecal sample. Really? Yeah. Cool. So we just take a little bit of poo yeah. and run it through a DNA extraction, and then we can do PCR. Um, not really whole genome sequencing there, but you can yeah. do, um, you know, like the um, community sequencing on that at those samples as well. That's incredible. Mm. So, what's the life cycle of this crypto Bitcoin um, parasite? <laughs> it's a, it's a direct life cycle, mm-hmm. and which so, means it stays in the kangaroo the whole time. No, no, no. no. It means it's transmissible directly. So, oh, if okay. I happen to pick up and eat some cryptosporidium poo, like. Mm-hmm. David did, if you were listening before. <laughs> with the oh, elephant he, poo. Yeah, he did do elephant poo. <laughs> um, but if you come, if you encounter, so in people, cryptosporidium tends to be in young children. Mm-hmm. So they pick it up in kind of daycare centers or at schools where they oh. might be. What are the effects of it? Well, it's a gastrointestinal illness, so diarrhea, oh, okay. um, stomach pain, yeah. fever. Is yeah. there a common name Usually, for that? Like the when they catch it, like is there a name for the. No. no. Oh, you got crypto. Oh, yeah. Well, no. yeah, no. cryptosporidiosis. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you just hmm. add a Never heard eosis of on the end. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So how do they – is it like – you know, because maybe they don't wash their hands and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, oh my And because, because the stages are infective when they're excreted, mm-hmm. the other one that you see kind of like a peak in with people is, you know, P. 
parental age, so, you know, people mm. around 30, 35, you tend to... So if you look at the age distribution, you'll see... And so then they may be getting it from kind of interacting with the child or... Right. Yeah. But, you know, with these things, when there's an infection, there's like 200,000 mm-hmm. of these infectious parasite stages mm-hmm. in, the, in, in like a gram of faeces. So there's a right. lot, like, yeah. you know, and you, depending on, you know... <laughs> It can take as few as 10 of those mm-hmm. to actually... So just a little splash of, you know, like water, if the toilet's flushing yeah. or if you've... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. that's why it's important to always close your toilet lid. Yes. Because people do store their, you know, toothbrushes in the bathroom, which is normal. Mm-hmm. But always close your toilet lid when you flush your toilet. Yes. fecal matter just <laughs> spatters everywhere. And, and even if you can't see it, it is still very much there. Um, the other... Sorry, yes, the other... I might just mention the other... The other transmission pattern that you tend to see with this parasite is in summer because it's environmentally robust and you have accidents in swimming pools. So Ew. usually New South Wales oh, Health will put upsetting. alerts out that there's <laughs> some cases of cryptosporidiosis oh. occurring. Oh, yeah. No. And those little nappy those little nappy trousers that or yeah. nappy swimmers nah. just leak like, oh, out. No. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah public so. swimming pools are scare me a bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah they scare me too. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm. So you keep referring to something, an infectious stage. So is there a non-infectious stage? Like what is it oh, that you mean yeah, by that? Okay, so by infectious stage, it's the stage that uh, uh, we refer to that is basically the transmission um, process. Okay. So the infectious stage is in the life cycle. So there's multiple different stages in the life cycle. Mm-hmm. The infectious stage is this environmentally robust little little thing. It's the one that can live outside that, of the host. Yeah, it survives outside mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it, it is pretty much there and the new host comes in contact with it and then it's transmitted to a new, ho- new host. Oh, okay. I see. Can it ever be transmitted to the same host back again? Like, like the cane toads, right? They kind of just turn around and eat their own poop sometimes. Yeah, or like live if, in it's, poop. if it's one of those directly, if it's like cryptosporidium, it could be. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the bat one? Is it also direct? If it's like crypt- that? Uh, again, if it's cryptosporidium, yes. Oh, I see. Or, yeah, but if it's something that re- this other one, there's some that require. I mentioned toxoplasma. Yes, they actually require a certain amount of time and exposure to mm-hmm. oxygen once they're excreted. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, if you ingest cat poo straight away yeah you're unlikely to get as caitlin and i just admitted to (laughs) do it (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I really like truffle uh, cat truffles (laughs) yeah no um disclaimer we do not and also please don't eat poop no yeah (laughs) definitely don't go around eating um so and last but not least you were in the sydney comedy festival how was that first of all how did you get into so that? you. I know, I know, but <laughs> this show's about you, Michelle. <laughs> so, um, you know, why comedy and how was the whole experience? Yeah, it was actually at the start of the pandemic that the opportunity came up and mm-hmm. an email came around and said, who's interested in standing up their science? And I kind of thought, wow, I could think I, I think I could do this. So I came up, well, I was laying on, I think it was a I remember writing that little expression of interest mm-hmm. um, late one night and I got selected. And somehow we went on an amazing journey from what was meant to be National Science Week mm-hmm. to an audience of 50 in 2020, which was canned and again in 2021, to this amazing first show to 500 people. That was their um, first show. The first and show. then they gave yeah. us an encore because yeah, they're like, 300 are yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then on to the 
Jurassic Lounge. Yes, you talk about the Australian lights. Museum. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, so, how was the experience for you? Yeah, it was fantastic. Do you regret your whole decision? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm actually doing mine again next week at the Australian Society for Parasitology's conference. <gasps> That's dinner. fantastic. I love it. <laughs> and I know some of the team. It's official. Some of the team are off to. Splendor, which yes. is pretty exciting. So, Very exciting, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, but no, it's been an amazing journey, and I've I've learned a lot. It was great, yeah. You know, that that's I've been going to improv now. Got new people to hang out with, and yeah, yeah. Did you find you you um learned some new skills from when it comes to your psychom or science communication or or presenting or anything like that? Uh, look, I actually think I can use. I think it's a good vehicle to communicate science. What I'd like to do is to be able to link what we do more authentically with the comedy. Mm-hmm. And like I was trying to talk a little bit about, or I do make some jokes about the importance of standards and controls. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much fake news out there and, and, and slamming of science mm-hmm. that the rigour that we go through when we do an experiment, you know, conveying some of these things to in in a com- com- comedian approach yeah. I guess can get some of those principles of science out there right I'm hoping yeah now I want to fact check because in yep. your stand-up set you talk about um you know working with bat poop and and bats obviously pooping from the ceiling is it true that you have been pooped on by bats <laughs> I, have. I have my first field trip in bats I wore a white t-shirt oh no <gasps> why because it was in Adelaide in like 40 degrees mm. and yeah I yeah a mistake don't stand under a bat colony in a way <laughs> um all right and then so thank you so much for coming over no, Michelle Power thanks for the invite it was amazing <laughs> uh also it seems like this is parasite month because we had the nematodes before and yeah, now we have seems like and parasites yep. mm-hmm. yeah it's just mm-hmm. uh it's parasite month yeah um that's we the month of PhD June. students yes. Also parasites. Next time we'll have politicians. It's perfect. <laughs> it's also Pride Month. It is it also is. Pride Month. And it's also NIDOC Week next week. Oh, and what is my that? song is going to lead into those. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Can you tell us about your song, please? So, well, I won't say what the song is, but it was in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And there's this scene where we uh, see the bus um, encounter a remote community and goes into this fantastic little upbeat song and I just thought we're merging between Pride Month and NIDOC and Oh Michelle. This is perfect. Thank That's you what so I much. Too. Well, Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, everybody. The song that Michelle brought in was Treaty. It was a radio mix um, by Yotu Yindi. Yotu Yindi. Yotu yeah. Yindi. <laughs> I'm probably yeah. not saying it right either. <laughs> so happy Pride Month. Happy uh, Parasite Month, apparently, from Boiling Point. And uh, we'll see you next week on our weekly science show. Bye for now.